Alléluia. Alléluia. Lift your hands and shout Alléluia. Shout Alléluia. Has God been good? You must be a joker or the one that has won the award for the most ungrateful person in the year to think that God has not been good to you. All you need to do is take a look at the news. People kidnapped. Recently, uh, I think it was last week, there was a parade that was about to be done in the U.S. All kinds of crazy things happening everywhere. Somebody driving a truck saw people just wanted to parade for Christmas celebrating. He just ran into them, killing people. It happened sometime earlier on this year where they were doing so. I don't know which country it happened. One young person inside a car just saw where people had drove the car, entered, killed some on the spot, some died on the spot. Now, you are here. You think you are better than the people that died? You are more righteous than them or so? You are smarter than them? And you are thanking God with an attitude instead of you to be very grateful that at least you are standing here and his goodness has not failed in your life. Can you lift up your hands and give God praise? Come on, give him worship. Tell him, Father, thank you for keeping me from January to December. Thank you for the things you have taught me this year. Thank you for the things you have shown me this year. Thank you for the work you've done in my life. Despite my mistakes, despite my errors, despite my misstep, you have been good and you have been faithful. Open your mouth and give him glory because he's worthy of all our praise. Come on, thank him. Lift up your voice and give him praise. Thank you, Father. We give you all the worship in Jesus' name. One of the lies that Satan can use to attack your gratitude it's an excuse. Maybe some people feel that I don't have any reason to really thank God. So you, you're just indifferent. Because if you're grateful, it will affect your emotion. It will affect your attitude. It will affect your showing. You think you have an excuse. But let me tell you, you don't have any excuse. There is one big reason why you should thank God. You are alive. Are you dead? Answer me now. Are you dead? Are you dead? You know people died yesterday. You know some people died yesterday. Some slept and did not wake up. They died. They didn't wake up. They slept. They, they, were, they were not sick. They had no issue. They went to bed, greeted their loved one. Good night. See you tomorrow morning. And they never saw tomorrow today. But you were here. And you say you don't have reason to thank God. Can you lift your hands and give him praise? Say, Father, I return all the praise and the glory. The Bible says a living dog is better than a dead lion. Open your mouth and give him praise. With all the assaults that the enemy launched against you, with everything you've been through from January till date, the goodness of God never failed you once. God is good. Open your mouth and thank him. Lift your hands and give him praise. 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 You are not among those waiting to be buried. You are not among those waiting to be operated upon. You are not among those who cannot walk. You are not among those who are lying on the hospital and they cannot move any part of their body. It's important we remind ourselves 
and convince ourselves and thank God because he has been good and his mercy endured forevermore. Hear me. Hear me. If you want to appreciate how God has been good to your health, just walk into a hospital and you know how God has been good to you. There are some people that cannot use parts of their body again. Some are suspended. Hands and legs are suspended. Some of them, they are paralyzed from waist and from neck down. They can only move their head. Some can only move their eyes. And just walk into the world and you will see how good God has been to your health. If you want to know how good God has been to your mind, enter a psychiatric ward. And you will see intelligent people, PhD holders, people who went to school, schooled abroad, when did their first degree, second degree, PhD abroad, they are in psychiatric hospital, lost their mind, everything went bonkers. They, they cannot identify, they act crazy, act straight. And, and you want to tell me God has not been good to you? The Bible says God will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed in him. God has kept your mind in perfect peace. And you're complaining because you don't have a job yet, because you can't balance, get as it be, and you feel you have some reasons to put up an attitude with God. Lift your hands and give him thanks once more again. Tell him, Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. You deserve all the worship. We'll lift your hands and bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Come on, thank him. Thank him, thank him. In Jesus' name. I want us to thank him with just this song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy, holy name. Declare. I bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Lift your mouth and sing it to him. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. ready to declare he has done great things he has done great things sing it so many great things he has done great things so
Worship Him. Worship Him from your heart. Just lift your voice and praise Him. We give you all the praise and the glory, Jesus. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. Father, we return all the worship to you. We lay it to heart to say thank you. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Say it from you. I say, thank you, Lord. One more time. Say, thank you, Jesus. Shout it. Say, thank you, Jesus. I'm not hearing everybody here. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody scream, thank you, Jesus. One more time. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, receive our worship. Receive our adoration. We'll return all the praise and the glory back to you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the goodness that you have shown us this year. Thank you for watching over your word to perform it. Thank you because your word concerning our life has not returned void. It has accomplished the purpose for which you have sent it and it prospers in the things that you desire. We are here to give you all the worship. We are here to give you all the praise. On this day, we decided to thank you corporately. Lift your hands, everybody. We lift up our hands as the evening sacrifice to say thank you. Can you wave it? Wave it on God. Say, Lord, thank you. Come on, say that, everybody, from your heart. Say thank you. Wave your hands. Say, Father, thank you. 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 Lord, as we hear your word, thank you for all the wisdom you've given us through your word, for all the directions you've given us by your spirit, for the miracles you've shown in our life. We say thank you. As we hear your word today, speak to us. Grant us revelation knowledge. Let yokes be destroyed. Let burdens be lifted up. And let Jesus be glorified. And everybody shout a good amen. I say shout a good amen. Hallelujah. Please have your seat. Glory be to God. Somebody say God is a good God. Say God is a good God. Look at your neighbor. Say you will always have reasons to thank God. If I lift your seat, 
leave your seat, go to like two or three people, tell them you will always have a reason to thank God. Go there. Say you will always have a reason to thank God. You will. You will. Make sure you are doing it. Leave your seat. Leave your seat. Get up. Prophesy to someone this morning. You will always have a reason to thank God. You will. You will. Amen. Please have your seat. Say with me. Say with me. Say, I will always have a reason to thank God. Shout it again. Say, I will always have a reason to thank God. Hallelujah. I can share this, even though it's bad pressing or private, but please make sure you get ready because I believe God will speak to us. All right, God will speak to us. Uh, just a few announcements. Remember, our prayers continue till 31st of December. If you have not joined the train for prayer, join it. We're praying every day from now till 31st. Be a part of what is going on. When you pray, you are joining your faith and agreement with what we're praying about. If you're not praying, then you're not part of it. It's as simple as that. Amen. Just like somebody cannot eat for you or go to the toilet for you, there's a dimension of prayer nobody can pray for you. And that's one of the dimensions we're praying. Every day we see you set aside time. Pray those prayer points. Pray in the spirit and get yourself connected to what God is doing. Don't just let every day flip and pass. And you're doing nothing. Even if you didn't start with us, join. What did I say? Join. join. Don't just sit down. You see it passing. You see some people who pray. And, and you know, Jesus, help me pray. What did I say? Pray. 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 All right. Um, also, well, part of our prayer point is we're preparing for 2024. And also we're praying for Sapler Believers Conference that will be coming up in barely three weeks from today. So I encourage everyone to pray and also give towards the program and be a part and a blessing. Amen. Amen. Then also, um, following names, you see me immediately after service, Mrs. Charity, Amaka, Laura, and Rita, immediately after service. You need, I need to have a chat with you. Amen. Yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. Then, uh, finally, we're believing God to change our keyboard. You know, we've been managing the keyboard for a while. The last time we bought keyboard is more than 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, so I said more than 10 years. All right, so um, we're believing God to replace the keyboard. All right, we're not going to take an official phone, but we want to appeal to everybody, give. Give towards that. If you, can, if you even want to buy, you can buy all right? Um, I, I know our currency exchange rate has not been friendly, but God is bigger than it in Jesus' name. Yeah. When, when you look at what you want to do, you look at God. Once you look at God, what is impossible with men becomes possible. All right? So if you can give 500, 1,000, 1 million, just let's give so that we can buy a good keyboard that can last us for a while. Everybody. You don't have to wait to give big figures. Whatever you can afford to give, give. Is that clear? All right, so let's do that. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you ready for the word? Yes, I have one thing I'm going to say to everyone before I preach. Um, something God gave me about the message that I expect that by the time you're through hearing it, 
you'll be doing some repentance. What did I say? Look at him and say, get ready to repent. Yeah. The word repent means to change or to shift the way you are thinking. So it means say, get ready to repent. The word of God is going to open up some things in our hearts and bring us some renewing of the mind so we can be better positioned to receive God's goodness in our lives. Say amen. amen. The diagnosis God has given for lack of productivity and lack of manifestation in the life of his children is not the devil. Yes, the devil is there. It's witchcraft. There is operations of the powers of darkness. And many of you would like to blame the devil for your lack of progress. Is he contributing? Yes, he is. But he's only doing that because you and I are giving him place. And the only way a child of God gives... Are you paying attention? The only way a child of God gives the devil place is through ignorance. I know you, you want some complicated answer. You know, somebody from my village took our name to a herbalist. Yeah, that's peculiar to environment. But the only diagnosis God gave in scripture for not becoming what he said is lack of knowledge. And write this down, it will help you. The only cure for lack of knowledge is knowledge. Are you here with me? Ignorance means lack of knowledge. The only way to cure ignorance is what? It's knowledge. To know. And the only way to know is to know. So when they are preaching in church and you are not paying attention, there are some things that will not go away from your life. Even prayer, you can't pray ignorance away. You have to know ignorance away. What did I say? You have to know it away. In fact, when you try to pray away ignorance and your prayer does not have knowledge, you are blowing breeze with your mouth. Nothing will change. Are you paying attention? Look at your neighbor and say, get ready to change. Tap the person say, get ready to change. Yeah. And there are many of us who are where we are and we're wondering, we're looking for a mysterious um, solution. So we go to several places. We attend several prayer meetings. We go for programs and all the rest. Not a problem. But let me tell you, all those things are vitamins. The main cause is knowledge. If you don't know, I had Bishop Edebo saying something recently. I think some of you have, may have seen the video. One of his sons is launching out to becoming an evangelist. You know, and he said something. Hearing it from a father is very powerful. He said, never open your mind. Say, say, this thing God is doing is only doing it here. He said, never say that. He said, that's a lie. See, a lady came and said, you know, that I've gone here, gone here, gone here. But when I came here, he said, he took the microphone and stopped her immediately. He said, because Jesus is the same everywhere. The only reason you get blessed is when you believe. And you only believe when you know. Many of us think there's magic. So I went to this prime minister. When I went there and God, no, 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 no. The same Jesus that is there is everywhere. You only got it because you believe. It is the day you believe it opens up. And the only cure for believing is to know. How can they believe if they don't hear? How can they hear without a preacher? What does the preacher preach? Knowledge. So if you sit in church and you don't have a student approach to the hearing of the word of God, you will not, I don't care 
how spiritually tupo or thick you are. If you don't know, you will not change. Did you hear what I said? Yes, and if you are those that belong to the company of sleeping, why service is going on? Your problem will be sleeping with you. It will not go. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you hearing me? Because that thing that is attached to you like, like, like whatever, handbag, if you are going to cut it, you have to know. If you are the type that is chit-chatting in church while the message is going on, that's how the problem will be chit-chatting with you because it will not go. Because there are some of you, when message is going on, you'll be talking and laughing. Ignorance is dangerous. I hope you know that. You know what the Bible says in Isaiah 5.13? My people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. That's the Bible. Simple. They've gone into captivity. And as some of us, I know you want people to pity you, you know, people to know that it's tough for you, but the, the struggles you and I have is a lack of knowledge problem. God cannot help you beyond what you know. Bible says in Proverbs, through knowledge shall the righteous be delivered. So if the righteous has no knowledge, they will continue where they are. There is no tough problem. You only have ignorance. My problem is very strong. No, it's not the problem that is strong. It's what you don't know that is strong. And the very people who complain about issues, they don't like to learn. When the word of God is being taught, they are chatting. When the word of God is being taught, they will go out and be discussing. How can you walk away from something that ignorance has brought into your life without a commitment to know? Hallelujah. So today, I'm going to be teaching on increasing. Everybody say increasing. increasing. When I was asking the Holy Spirit, it just dropped the word in my heart. Increasing. That's the theme of our convention. Increasing. And um, I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to bring that. In January this year, 1st of January, God said to me, he said, increase is your portion expected. Say to somebody, increase is your portion, your portion. expected. Expect. Look at somebody with a smile. Say, increase. Is your portion expected? Say that one more. Say increase. Is your portion expected? Now, what do we mean by the word increasing? I checked the dictionary. You can check several, but one of the dictionary I checked said it's Oxford Language Dictionary. It's used usually by Google. It says to become greater. Increasing means to become greater in size. Amount or degree. So when you hear the word increasing, it means to become what? Greater. Everybody shout greater. greater. Say greater. greater. God designed you and I to become greater in size, amount, or degree. Increasing is a process of becoming greater in size, amount, or degree. There are other two words that mean the same thing with the word increasing. You will find them in the Bible. One of them is multiplication. The other one is abounding. Whenever you hear the word abounding, multiplication, it also means increasing. I wish you together. All right. Now, the foundational truth every believer must know. And when I mean you must know it, even if Satan stops you on the road and asks you a question, you must know it like you know your name. The foundational truth every born-again believer must know about increasing is that it is God's will for me and my children to increase. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let no situation lie to you. Let no circumstance lie to you. Let no condition lie to you. It is God's will for his children to be increasing. Look at the number says God's will for you to increase. Shout it. Genesis 1 verse 28. Part of the dominion mandate that God gave to man is to be increasing. It's part of our mandate. Genesis 1 28. The Bible says, and God blessed them. Can you put that on the screen? And God blessed them and God said to them. Bible says God blessed them and did what? Said to them. Be what? Fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. And what? Subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Write this down. God seeded man. That's why I said be fruitful. Fruitfulness is evidence of a seed. Because it's a seed that becomes fruitful. God seeded man. Write this down. God seeded man and blessed him with the capacity to increase in his greatness. That's what the Bible says. God seeded, put a seed inside man. The word seeded means God put his seed. That seed is God's nature. God seeded man and then blessed him with the capacity to increase in his greatness. That's what dominion is all about. To have dominion means to increase in the greatness of God because the dominion of man you and I want you to increase in it. Come on, say that. Say I choose to increase in greatness. Two scriptures that backs up what I just said. About it is the will of God for you to increase and that God has given you the seed of greatness on the inside of you and that God wants that greatness to increase. Two scripture, Psalm 71 and verse 28, 21. Psalm 71 and verse 21. The Bible says, Thou shalt increase my what? My greatness. Your greatness is God's greatness. So that word my is taking ownership for the greatness that God has given to you. Are you hearing me? So when he says my greatness, it is taking what? Ownership. What is ownership? Responsibility. Say with me, say, it is my responsibility to increase with God's greatness. Watch it. He said, thou shalt increase my greatness and do what? Comfort me on every side. Did you see that? That's what God said. God says, I will increase my greatness upon your life and I will do what? I will comfort you on every side. Say, I believe and receive that. Everybody say it. Go to Psalm 115 verse 14. Psalm 115 verse 14. I'm just laying some foundation but the main side of the prayer is understanding the trigger for increase. Psalm 115 verse 14. It says, the Lord shall increase you. I love this. More and more, you and your children. Can we read it together? Now, let's personalize it. The Lord shall increase me more and more, me and my children. Your children is not only your biological children, 
the children of your dreams, the children of your expectation, God will multiply them. Say amen. amen. Now, in the scripture, there are key areas that God wants his children to increase. When you increase in that area, you will increase here. Write this down. The primary areas of increase are spiritual areas. Physical increase is secondary. Can I ask you a question? Can you go to secondary school without primary school? Eh? Answer me now. If you don't go to primary school where they teach you the basis of mathematics, arithmetic, English, how to read, how to write, how to make sentences together, and all of a sudden you refuse to go to school, then you now waited till you, uh, you were ready for uh, secondary school, and you now started GSS 1. Will you understand anything they are teaching? Huh? Why? Because you are lacking primary education. The foundation you needed was not there. So when they are saying, whatever they are saying, no matter how matured and adult looking, you are just a matured, ignorant person. Do you understand that? Everything will sound like Greek. Say subtraction, board mass, bracket, you know, multiplication. You'll be looking at it and say, please man, what are you talking about? Because you didn't have the foundation. Write this down. The primary place for increase begins with the spiritual. If you do not increase spiritually, you will increase materially. The problem with many of us is that we're looking for physical increase without spiritual increase. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? There are some things some of you want to change. But because you have not changed spiritually, it is not answering to you physically. Anything, any, listen, any progress you are going to make in the natural, you must first make it where? In the spirit. Did you hear what I said? If you don't make it in the spirit, you are wasting your time expecting it to show up in the natural. So primary areas, I'm not going to go deep into that. I'm going to mention them. There are five areas I'm going to mention that God expects you and I to increase. These are foundational to manifesting the increase of God upon our life. Number one, write this down. The first place God wants you and I to increase is the knowledge of God. That's the least prioritized area of priority that many Christians are not interested in. The way they listen to the word of God will tell you that they don't value the knowledge of God. The first area, what is the first area? Everybody said the knowledge of God. I didn't hear everybody. I did not hear everybody. I can point some of you that is not talking. I didn't hear everybody. What is the first area you should increase in? Yeah. You can tell that a lot of things are not working right because your knowledge of God is still kindergarten. Go to Colossians 1. Put it on the screen if you can. Colossians 1 verse 10. And I want us to read it together so that we can see it from scripture. Colossians 1 verse 10. The Bible says, is that, are you there? Can we read it together everybody? Want to go? That you might work worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Everybody please read it. That you might work Worthy of the Lord unto all. That you might work worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. That you might work worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Where is uh, Jackson? All right. Praise the name of the Lord. Because I know I saw him. I didn't see him again. All right. Then being what? Does that agree with Genesis 1.28? Be fruitful. That be what? Fruitful in some what? 
Being what? In. Did you see that in your Bible? Being. In. Continue. And what? Read it again. Read it one more time. What did God say you should do? You should increase in the knowledge of God. So the first area of increase is to increase in what? In the knowledge of God. Let me ask you some very important questions. I'll go to the next one. How wealthy are you in your knowledge of God? You know when you say somebody is wealthy, is how much does he or she command or have? How wealthy? Stephen, tap him. Papa. How wealthy are you in your knowledge of God? Are you kindergarten? Are you primary? Are you secondary? Or are you university? How well do you know God? How well, how well do you know God? Knowing God is beyond academic exercise. If you truly know God, it will show in your life. When what people do move you, it shows that the knowledge of God in your life has not really entered your heart. Let me read one scripture, Daniel eleven thirty two. The Bible says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupted by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be what? Shall be what? Daniel 11, the people that do know their God, they shall be what? So let me ask you a question. What is the evidence that you know God? Strength. When things happen to you and you give up, you cry, you sound frustrated, hopeless, it's because your knowledge of God is weak. That's why you're acting the way you are. To be poor in your knowledge of God is to be poor in your partnership and manifestation of him. The degree to which you will partner with God is determined by how much you know him. If David did not know God, he wouldn't have confronted Goliath. How many of you know that? Yeah. He wouldn't have the courage and the boldness to confront Goliath if he didn't know God. The reason you are chicken out now, when things happen to you and you chicken out, and you are up today, down tomorrow, it's because your knowledge of God is very poor. And that's the least that many Christians focus when they come to church. They're interested in other things, but the knowledge of God in their life, very poor. Listen to this. Our struggles and defeat comes, come from our lack of knowledge. Not the devil. Isaiah 5.13, Isaiah 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That struggle you're facing is a lack of knowledge problem. That attitude issue you have is a lack of knowledge problem. The reason the attitude is there is because there are things you are supposed to know, you don't know. Listen to this. God has given us true agencies to know him. His word and his spirit. We must regularly apply ourselves to these two agencies. Otherwise, we will not increase in the knowledge. If you don't have a desire to hear God's word, you won't grow now. You won't. Because reading your Bible will be a struggle. One of the big investments you can make every day is an investment to know God. That's the biggest, your biggest investment is not your business. You'll be shocked that all those things are rattling your head. After a short while, the children will grow and they will leave. Only you and your wife will remain. And they will go and live their own life. At the end of the day, what do you have to show for your life? 
There are destinies surrounding your life that can only speak when you know God. Hear this. Our fruitfulness begins with the word abiding in us. And the abiding word is a product of the written word and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. John 15, 7 and 8 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's partnership with God. When you see people able to make demands on God, it's because they know God. They know God. And if you cannot do the same, it's because your knowledge of God is still kindergarten. Because when you know God, you can do exploits. This fear and, and being afraid, and it's because you don't know him. If you know him, you will not fear. If you know him and you hear evil is going up, you won't fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the righteous is as bold as a lion. And the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run it to it and they are safe. You will know that safety is of the Lord. When, when you hear bad news and it scares you, it's because you don't know God. I didn't say you don't go to church. I didn't say you don't carry a Bible. I didn't say you are not part of a group in the church. You don't know him. There are many Christians who are praying, but they don't know God. And the potency of your prayer will be limited to your knowledge of God. How effective your prayer is. Do you know that even zeal without a revelation and application of revelation is equals to nothing? It will be wasted energy. People think prayer is magic. No, prayer is not magic. Prayer simply enforces what you know in God. What makes prayer work is knowledge. Say, I hear you. Also to grow, one of the benefits of the knowledge of God is that as you increase in your knowledge of God, you also increase in his grace. Say amen. amen. Second, Peter 3.18 says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What is grace? God's grace is the empowerment needed to manifest him in exploit. When you know God, one of the evidence, listen, you, that's why, listen to this, listen, everybody pay attention, look at me. You cannot fake knowing God. You can fake bless you. You can fake glory. You can fake all those shouting. But you cannot fake knowing God. One of the evidence that you, you know him is grace. The more you know him, the more you increase in grace. And grace is proof of what you can do by him. That's why God said to uh, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in what? In your weakness. The degree of grace we command is directly proportional to what we know. Say amen. amen. Number two, the second area God wants you to increase in addition to the knowledge of God is your faith. Everybody say my faith. My faith. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. This is where many people are not growing. They're not growing. They're, they're, and when I use the word grow in faith, I'm talking about using your faith. When the disciples said to Jesus, increase our faith. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of monster seed. In other words, you want your faith to increase, use it. What do you do with a seed? You plant. Is that not so? Answer me. What do you do with a seed? You plant it. If you have a corn seed 
And you begin to fast, dry fast, 40 days, 40 nights. Oh, corn seed, grow, 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 grow. And you refuse to plant it. Will you grow? Will your prayer majestically, miraculously make the seed start to grow? What do you do? You plant it. Many of you don't use your faith. That's why you're not seeing certain things happen in your life. You're not using your faith. The second year, second Thessalonians 1. Can we read it together? It says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or required. Because that what? Everybody read it. That your what? Read it. What is it saying next? Read it louder. Read it louder, everybody. Your faith does what? Your faith does what? Your faith does what? So say to your neighbor, your faith should grow exceedingly. What the word grow means? Increase exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you all towards each other. That, that's another point we're going to look at. Now, what is faith? Write this down. You know this, but let me say that. For the sake of simplicity, faith is the God-given ability to please God and receive from him. Faith is the God-given ability to do what? To please God and what? I didn't hear you. Faith is their God-given ability to do what? Everybody? Everybody? And to? To please God and to what? Receive from him. You cannot please God beyond your level of faith. Let me give you two scriptures to help you appreciate that. Hebrew 11 verse 6, Mark 12 11 24. Hebrew 11 6, Mark 11 24. We said faith is the God given ability. The day you got born again, God gave you the faith of Christ. So we all have faith. We don't pray to get faith. That's an unscriptural prayer. It's like asking God to give you a hand. You already have a hand. Use the hand. You don't pray for God to give you a leg. You already have a leg. What do you do? Use your leg. You don't pray for God to give you a high. What do you do? Use your eyes. So we don't pray for faith. What do we do with faith? We use it. So when the Bible says your faith grows exceedingly, it means let the use of your faith grow exceedingly. Some of you don't use your faith. You don't. You can't please God if you don't do faith. All right. First scripture to show that faith is what pleases God. What did he say? Hebrew 11 says, for without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that is what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do you know those two statements in this scripture? Faith is the ability to please God and to do what? Receive from him. So faith enables me to please God. And to do what? Receive from him. Mark eleven twenty four. Mark eleven twenty four. The Bible says, Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, when you pray, what do you do? What do you believe? What do you believe when you pray? Receive what? What you're praying. So, if you are praying... You should believe you receive what you are praying when you pray. Otherwise, you will not have it. 
Not receive now. Ah, look at it now. When you pray, he said, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, you believe that you receive them. What do you believe that you receive? What you're praying. Is that not so? What you're praying. You have to believe you receive what you're praying when you pray. Otherwise, you will not have it. Did you hear what I said? So what makes you receive is faith. Faith is that assurance that when I pray, God answers me and gives it to me. So when you pray, you receive by faith before you have it in the natural. Is that not so? Because faith is a spiritual transaction. Faith does not need physical evidence. Faith only needs the evidence of the word. That's why the Bible says faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen. Because faith is entirely based on what God has said. When you know what God has said, then you can believe him. When you pray, you pray based on what God has said. And once you pray based on what God has said, you believe. Why do you believe? Because his word has assured me. And I can say I receive it by faith. Then I begin to thank him that I'm going to have it in the natural. Say amen. amen. Is that clear? You have to increase in what? Faith. In the use of your faith. Hear me. Write this down. This is a very important lesson for you and I. Faith under the new covenant. You know we are all under the new covenant. Is that not so? Faith under the new covenant is believing and speaking what God has said. What is faith under the new covenant? Everybody stand up. What is faith under the new covenant? What is faith under the new covenant? What is faith under the new covenant? Turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. I'd like us to read it together. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Hallelujah. Media guys, you're doing well. You're doing fast this time. Can we read it together? I want to go. We having the word spirit means the same attitude or behavior. The same spirit of what? Faith. Everybody continue. Where is it written? Everybody say the scriptures. Lift your Bible, whether it's electronic or physical Bible, lift it up. Say according to, according to what is written here. Say that. Say according to what is written here. According to. So if you're going to operate by faith, you have to begin with what is what? Written. Are you hearing me? If, if you don't know what is written, you can't believe. Is that clear? Oh yeah, let's continue. Want to go? According as it is what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We and Amen. So that means if I am in faith, there is something I have believed from the scripture and therefore I speak it. Is that clear? So to be in faith is to believe with your heart and to declare with your mouth. What do you believe in your heart? What God has said in the written word. Then you open your mouth and you do what? You declare it. Hear me. God wants us to increase in the use of our faith. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, have your seat. The third area God wants us to increase is love. I told you the primary place of increase is spiritual. What is the third area that God wants us to increase? 
Everybody say love. love. I didn't hear you. Love. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 12. What does the Bible say? Can we read it together? And the Lord make you to what? Increase and abound in love one towards another and towards all men. Even as we do to look at the neighbor and say, God wants me to walk in love towards you. Look at the person. Can you pause what you are writing first? Eh? You continue. Look at the person. Look at the person's face. The one close to you. Say, God wants me to walk in love towards you. Look at the person. Despite how you treat me. God wants me to walk in love towards you. Look at the person. Say, despite the attitude you give me. Despite the eye you give me. Despite the bad belly you have towards me. Despite the ignoring me. Despite behaving towards me. Like you didn't see me. When you saw me. I am to walk in love towards you. I am to love you even when you mistreat me. I am to love you even when you bone and refuse to smile. I am to love you because the scripture commands me to love you. Hallelujah. That is what you call Christianity. The world is full of hate. The world is full of Offense, unforgiveness. You know, uh, we, make, uh, we, uh, we announce that when the arrangements are done. A deacon in church lost her mother last week. And so they had to start planning for the burial. And I called him on the phone. I said, How far? He said, The first meeting, Pastor, because before he left, I just told him, I said, I picked something in my spirit that offense is going to come. There's a lot of offense that will come. It's going to be much, but please, I beg you, don't be part of it. Don't, don't, don't participate. Stay away. So I called him a few days later. I said, how far? Hmm. He said, Pastor, you will not believe. Why did they meet you yesterday? The one from the U.S. called. This one here called. He said, come and see quarry. One said, the last time I came, you people did not give me canopy. You people don't do one thing for me. It's your mother that died, though. They didn't do this for me. As a result, everybody will pay your money this time. This one, this one, that. They will say, yes, my in-law, you didn't call me. This one said, you didn't call me in there. What has that got to do with burying the, the mother? See, when Satan wants to mess you up, he will set you up for offense. Because he knows when you are offended, your faith goes to sleep. When you are offended, you don't listen to God anymore. There are some of you, you have bitterness in your heart. Because somebody did something to you, and so you've locked it in. You come to church, you can't concentrate because you are angry with somebody. So I told him, I said, you know what, if you call your elder brother, call this... On behalf of everybody, tell him you apologize. That you didn't call to judge. You just call whatever they've done against you that is wrong. Please forgive us. Call the next one. Do the same thing. Because Satan loves offense. You know why? Offense creates confusion. And the Bible says where there is confusion, there is all manner of what? Evil works. The reason some families are warehouse, not home, is because of no love. You know what they call a warehouse? Where you have property. You have property. Even the man is a property. The woman is a property. Children is property. 
they have like the chair, the, 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 you come to this very nice home, everything very cozy, but you can't stay. It's as if something is pushing a rock, come over here, come out here, come out here, come out here. Because there's tension everywhere. Satan knows that the only way he can get to people is just make them offended. There are some of you sitting there, you are still angry with your father because your father didn't train you well. You better wake up very quickly and let him go. Whatever he did, he has done it. It is not, when God will look at you, it's not what your father did to you, we judge you with. It's what did you decide to do with yourself. Stop trying to live other people's life and live your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tell neighbor, say, we need to grow in love. You know, one of the reasons the Holy Spirit is not working among us as we should is that when you are offended, your heart is closed. You become distracted. You become fault finders. You're always looking for fault. Always looking for fault. Final scripture, and I'll go to the fourth one. John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus telling the disciple, that you love one another as I have loved you, and that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are what? My disciple. What is the proof that we are followers of Christ? It's love. It's not that you belong to a church and you have a big position there. The proof of a practicing Christian is what? It's love. Number four, the four area God wants you and I to increase in. Are you ready for this? Everybody write, write the word liberality. Say that liberality. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 2 and verse 7. We'll read verse 2 first. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 2 and then verse 7. Let's read verse 2. Can, can we read it together? If you know that, can you look at the screen? Want to go. How that in a great trial of our, uh -huh, and the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty did what? Abounded unto the riches of what? Their liberality. Now go to verse 7. Are you with me? It says, therefore, want to go, therefore, as ye abound in everything, in what? In faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. What grace? Liberality. Everybody say liberality. liberality. What do we mean by liberality? It means to be what? Generous. How many of you know that giving is a spiritual thing? It's not just a physical. The physical side is the other side. If, if you don't have a liberal heart, you won't give. That's why if God doesn't hold your heart, what is in your hand can't reach him. The heart of liberality is not how much you have in your car. Stand up, everybody. Stand up. Remain stand. You know, some of you are doing like this, so I will help you. Stand up, stand up. Remain like that. So that you not do like this. The heart of liberality is spiritual. Tell your neighbor, say, God wants you to be generous. God wants you to be generous. Look and say, God wants you to be generous. God wants you to be generous. Put this scripture, we'll go to the final one. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. Proverbs 11, verse 24 and 25. I want us to read it together. This is an area that many Christians... Uh, the opposite of liberality is stinginess. And stinginess is a spiritual issue. One of the reasons many of us are not working in abundance as we should is called stingy. Stingy? Look at the neighbor and say, are you stingy? 
don't answer. Hallelujah. Okay, can we read it together? One to go, everybody. Look at the screen. One to go. And yet. Uh-huh. So, so what, what, what produces poverty? No, no, not just we told him. We told him more than is meet or required. See, there are some things you keep to attend to other things. But when you withhold everything, it will produce what? Read it again, everybody. Want to go? What does it mean to scatter? To give out, to spread. Uh-huh. Yet, so how do you increase by, by scattering? You scatter. Continue. And there is that withholded more than is meat. But it tends... Read the next verse. Want to go? Very good. Read it again. I like the way you read it. Read it again. Now, you're going to read it one more time with this translation. The word soul there means mind. So, in the place of so, put mind. Let's read it. Want to go? Did you read that? So, what area God wants you to increase is where? Liberality. And the liberal mind shall be made fat. Liberality is not how much, it's not based on how much they pay you a month. It's not based on how much you receive. It's based on how you think. Are you what? How you think? One of the most stingy people I've ever seen are people who are stingy with the way they think. Once you mention a need, your mind goes to that small thing they are getting. Say, how pastor could they talk about this kind of thing? Who, who told you that what God wants to do is based on that your small thing? That your small thing is a seed for you to be a part of a big thing. So what God wants to do is not based on that your Hold it. You can withhold it. But the answer around your life will show. That's why you can have so much opportunity and have yet nothing to show for it. Because you are stingy mind. It is only the liberal soul that is made fat. So God wants you to increase in liberality. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Alright, please have your seat. You will stand again if I say anybody nodding. Alright. Number five. The other area, the final area God wants you to increase is towards his work. Turn your Bible, everybody. First Corinthians 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. The fifth area God wants you and I to increase is the work of God. Can we read it together? First Corinthians 15, 58. The work of God. That's the fifth area. God wants you and I to increase. Can we, can we do that? Want to go? Therefore, my beloved brethren... Be ye uh -huh. always, 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 is it only Sunday service? No. Only Sunday service abandoning, is that what he said? Or only Friday prayer meeting? No. Always what? 
That means, in as much as the work of God demands, what do you do? You abound or you increase. I know some of you have excuses upon excuses why you cannot abound. But God says abounding, and when God said this, he was aware of any excuse anybody can give. So any excuse that will not make you obey God, report it to him. Don't, don't rejoice in it and use it as a cover for not doing what God asked you to do. Always. I'm not hearing everybody. Always. Always. Who said it? God said it. So God wants us to increase in our participation in the work of God. And these are spiritual things. These are things that have to do with your heart and your mind. Say amen. amen. All right. Now that we know those areas God wants us to increase, let's get to the meat of the message. Write this down. Trigger for increase. Everybody say trigger for increase. Trigger for increase. What do we mean by trigger? How many of you have seen a gun before? Whether it's real or fake. Every gun has a trigger. Is that not so? If you want the bullet to come out of the gun, what do you do? Very good. You press the trigger. Once you squeeze or press the trigger, what happens to the gun? Boom! It comes out. It comes out. Is that not so? Is it not so? Very good. Now, trigger for increase. Write this down. How do we activate and sustain increase? God gave us only one word. Are you ready for this? Write it down. Thanksgiving. What is the trigger for increase? What is the trigger for increase? I'm not hearing anybody, everybody. What is the trigger for increase? So if you are going to be increasing, you must be full of thanksgiving. You must be a practitioner of thanksgiving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what the Bible said. Go to Jeremiah 30 and verse 19. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 19. Jeremiah 30 and verse 19. This is the missing factor in most of our lives. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will help you correct it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we read it together? Jeremiah 30 and verse 19. Everybody, can you look at the screen? Want to go? What did he say? And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. Read it again. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. Read it one more time. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that maketh merry. Before you continue. That means when you thank God, there is a behavior or an activity that backs thanksgiving. Is that not so? The Bible calls it making merry or to rejoice. So you cannot say you are thanking God and you are not rejoicing. Watch this. Let's read the second part. As a result of thanksgiving flowing out of them, are you with me? Want to go and I will I will and they shall continue. Read it again. I will. 
I will. One more time. I will. I will. Did you see the result for Thanksgiving? Increase. Glorification. God says, if you thank me, I will increase you and I will glorify you. Is that clear? Is that clear? You know, when I was meditating on this, I, I, I saw what the fathers in the faith have been teaching. Many of you may have heard it. What they've been teaching and talking about consigning thanksgiving. I saw it. It was very clear. It became very clear. Listen to me. I have seen in the scripture what the fathers in the faith have said and they have taught. About the connection between increase and thanksgiving. Everybody say increase and thanksgiving. So let me say there's an inseparable connection between increase and thanksgiving. Can you say that loud? Say there's an inseparable connection between increase and thanksgiving. Are you with me? Write this down. Increase, increasing or multiplication is true thanksgiving. If you are going to be increasing, it is only through Thanksgiving. And I'll show you from scripture. The devil knows this so well. Increasing or multiplication is true thanksgiving. Write this down. This statement blessed me. Increasing is initiated and sustained through thanksgiving. Increase or increasing is initiated and sustained through thanksgiving. Increasing is initiated or began and sustained through thanksgiving. I'm saying some very strong words here. I hope you put them down and go and meditate on it. Listen to this. We magnify or increase through thanksgiving. The word magnify also means to increase. We magnify or increase through what? Thanksgiving. We magnify or increase through thanksgiving. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Until we are thankful. God will remain small in our eyes and in our life. Until we are thankful, God will do what? God will remain small. So in the life of an ungrateful believer, God is always small. When you are thankful, God is always small in your eyes and in your life. God will remain small until we are thankful. God will remain small in our eyes and in our life. We magnify or increase God in our lives through thanksgiving. So the size that God assumes or takes in our life and affair is based on our gratitude. If we are not thankful, God remains small. Let me show you that from the Bible. Quickly, put Psalm 69, verse 30 there. Please get this, get this, get this, get this. Psalm 69, verse 30. Because this thing I'm sharing with you will solve a lot of prayer issues that some of us have had for a very long time. God will not respond to the prayer of an ungrateful believer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
He doesn't. Please hear me. Psalm 6, 9, verse 30. Can we read it together? I want to go. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will do what? I will do what? And do what? The word magnify means to make bigger. It doesn't mean you increase the size of God. It means you increase the activity of God in your life through what? Thanksgiving. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You increase what? The activity of God in your life through Thanksgiving. As long as you remain ungrateful and unthankful, the activities of God remain small in your life. That's what the Bible is saying. David said, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with what? With thanksgiving. Write this down. God's grace only multiplies in our life through thanksgiving. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? So if you are not thankful, grace will be very scarce in manifesting through your life. Are you paying attention? 2 Corinthians 4.15, quickly. 2 Corinthians 4.15, the Bible says, For all things are for your sake, that the abundant, unlimited grace might, through what? Through what? The thanksgiving of many redound or multiply to what? To the glory of God. Can I ask you a question? How does grace increase in that scripture? How does grace multiply in that scripture? Through thanksgiving. So if you want grace to multiply, what do you do? You give thanks. Say amen. Now write this down. Thanksgiving is one of the expectations of the presence of God. Thanksgiving is what? One of the expectations of the presence of God. Investors, can you tap the young man close to you? Thanksgiving is what? One of the expectations of what? The presence of God. When we thank him, we acknowledge his presence. Thanksgiving is one of the expectations of the presence of God. When you thank God, you acknowledge his presence. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up, including media people, stand up. When you thank God, except you're kind of baby. If you're not kind of baby, stand up. When you thank God, you say with me, say, when I thank God, I acknowledge his presence. I didn't hear everybody. Look at two or three people around you. Say, when you thank God, you acknowledge his presence. Say that. When you thank God, say that. You acknowledge his presence. Look at two other people. Say, when you thank God, you acknowledge his presence. Look at another two people. Say, when you thank God, you acknowledge his presence. Now, why still standing? Let's read two scripture, or three actually. Psalm 95 verse 2, everybody. Psalm 95 verse 2. Psalm 95 verse 2. What does the Bible say? Let us come before his presence with what? So if, if God's presence is there, thanksgiving must be preceded. You must thank him 
to acknowledge his presence. If you are full of complaint and regret, then his presence will not, his presence will be there, but it won't manifest. He said, let us do what? Come before his presence with what? If it's his presence we desire, we enter or we activate with what? Thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him. With what? With Psalm. Go to Psalm 100 and verse 4. Psalm 100 and verse 4. Psalm 100 and verse 4. Let's read that together. What does it say? Let us, I'm sorry, enter, want to go. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be what? Be what? Be what? Unto him and what did he say you should be do, you should do? Be thankful and bless his name. Very good. One more scripture before you sit down. Revelation 7, verse 12. Everybody go there. Revelation 7 and verse 12. Revelation, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Revelation 7, verse 12. Is everybody there? Revelation 7, verse 12. What does the Bible say? What? Wait, 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 wait. Start saying. That means it's something we should say. Is that not so? Saying. One more time, one more time. Say, Amen. Blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Please have your seat. All right, final part of the message. Write this down. Beware of ingratitude. What did I say? What does ingratitude mean? Lack of thanksgiving. Ingratitude means lack of thanks or lack of thanksgiving. Or lack of giving of thanks. There are some of us, we are professors in complaining. We are what? Professor in You will complain about Everything and everything. Even when there's no complaint, you will invent one. You must complain. Professor of complaint. Write this down. This should deliver anybody who is in the, who is in the association of complainers. Write this down. Ingratitude attracts stagnation. What did I say? What did I say? If you want to be stagnated, be ungrateful. What is stagnation? Lack of progress. So lack of thanksgiving will always produce lack of progress. If you want any activity of God in, your area, in any area of your life to stop, just stop giving thanks. Because ingratitude attracts stagnation. There are some of you, 
You are very selective with your thanksgiving. How do I know? Give some people 10 naira, 50 naira. The way they will look at we came out of church one Sunday after service. A guy who was drunk because as he was talking, the smell of booze was all over him. Oh, pastor, give me money, give me money, give me money. Usually sometimes I don't answer them. But this guy said, okay, let me give it. Mommy had already entered the car. So I brought a hundred naira give it. I said, give me. You know what he told me? You are giving me hundred naira. What am I going to do with hundred? Mommy said, Paro, collect that money from his hand now. Collect it, collect it, collect it. I'm very ungrateful. Did he get anything from me? No. Oedipo was driving with his driver one day. And the driver now gave one guy that was begging 20 naira. The guy got angry. He said, you don't collect that money, I will sack you. Collect the money from you now. Ungrateful. When you are ungrateful, you attract stagnation. How many of you know people don't like doing things for ungrateful people? People that find it difficult to say thank you. In fact, their thank you, they measure it. Is it because of this? Just, 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 just. Okay, if you have it, why need you go and use it? Just because you're giving out. Person will hear what again. Just this small thing. Small. Those people with such attitude will never progress. That's why people, people get irritated with people who are ungrateful. Very ungrateful. They forget what God has used you to do in their life and they will complain about the things you have not done. Rather to be grateful for what you have done. There's always that kind of family member. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. Eh? I know you don't have it to your family. But uh, I know what I'm talking about. Nothing you do is ever enough. They don't know that the problem is not what you did. The problem is their lack of gratitude. Lack of gratitude. Write this down. This will help you. Nothing multiplies where there is ingratitude. Nothing multiplies where there is what? Ingratitude. The late landlord of this church, his pastor and his wife, the mother sent me a, a good news this morning. The daughter just graduated from medical school. They are doing their induction. Her induction in two weeks' time. And they invited me. You know, I'm more like the like a parent to them. When the husband died more than almost 10 years ago, the entire family abandoned them. Because the man died and left some few things for the wife. And because some of them couldn't get their hands on it, they isolated her. The junior brother of the man actually live in this town, two of them, but they've not seen them. But the painful one was one guy he met. When she said, she, when she was telling me the story, I was just looking at her. My eyes were like, What? When he met the husband, the guy was staying with the husband. Not because he's a brother or relative, but someone the man just decided to help. So when they got married, he was still living with them. The guy sent him to school. He graduated. And he now works away in uh, uh, Abia, Umar Asai. Then he now noticed that after the husband died, throughout the barrier, everything, the guy didn't call one day. So she took the phone after a while and, and called. After the exchange of pleasure, he said, I never heard from you nor saw you after my husband died. Because I remember I met you with him before I came. Is, is it just because your husband trained me? Just because he trained me. I mean, is that, is that, we were not really that close per se. 
That's what he said. Such people, no, it's not a cause. The ungrateful is the one that causes themselves. They carried you. Nobody was ready to train you. They carried you, brought you home, gave you shelter, gave you food, sent you to school, trained you. And on top of that, you are still doing like this. If you want to lose anything good in your life, just start becoming ungrateful. One of the reasons that many of God's children are not progressing in the house of God is because they are ungrateful. To give God thanks is very scarce in the amount. Write this down. Persistent stagnation is traceable to persistent ingratitude. Persistent stagnation is traceable to persistent ingratitude. Ungrateful people. They are everywhere. They are like an association. Everywhere with attitudes. Carrying shoulder, carrying face. Carrying this. What did he even to self? What did he do? What did he do? What did he give me? What has he done? What has he done? What has he done? And they don't know the reason it's not flowing because they're ungrateful. There are people that are very grateful. Even if you plan to give them five naira, the way they will tell you thank you, you will go and collect from your saving and add to what they will give you. Some of you, the way you collect five, uh, if you, even if you bless somebody now, say take one thousand naira. The way they will take the 1,000 naira is as if they are doing you a favor that they are collecting it from you. Uh, 1,000. Okay, thank you. They will give you attitude first before they will tell you thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say, beware of ingratitude. Write this down. Abundance only flows through thankfulness. Abundance only flows through thankfulness. You want to flow in abundance, you must learn to be grateful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you want to flow in abundance, you must learn to be what? Grateful. You must learn to be what? Grateful. Write this down. Being unthankful stunts. The word stunt means to make, to cease, to shorten, to stop. Being unthankful stunts the flow of God's abundance through us. Being unthankful, what stunts? Everybody says stunts. You know when you stunt something, it shortens, it puts it there, stops it, restricts it to a place where it can't flow beyond. Stunts the flow of God's abundance. Go to Romans chapter one, everybody. Romans chapter one, verse twenty-one to twenty-three. Romans chapter one, verse twenty-one to twenty-four. Sorry, not twenty-three. You will see the, the disadvantage of being unthankful. I'm talking about what is going on in the life of many Christians. That's why some things don't change. You can have a, condi a spiritual condition that will remain in your life for years because you're ungrateful. You're ungrateful. Why? Because when you're ungrateful, you resist the flow of God's grace in that area of your life. Romans 1.21, are we there? Let's read it together. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, Neither were, neither were, neither were, neither were, they were not thankful, but became vain in their imagination or reasoning, and their foolish heart was darkened. Go to verse 22. 
professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, justifying their ingratitude on Nigeria's problem and all manner of problem and everything. Go to the next verse, verse 23. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed base and creeping things. Go to verse 24. Wherefore, God in response, what did he do? Gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. This is a picture of what ingratitude can produce in people's lives. They become isolated spiritually, they become isolated physically, and they end up experiencing shame and disgrace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It gets very interesting. Are you ready for this? Write this down. Signs and symptoms of ingratitude. You know, when you go to a doctor and you complain of having a medical issue, the doctor will ask you for some symptoms and some signs. Are you feeling headache? Is you, are you having stomach cramp? Do you have temperature? How many of you have had that experience before? You go to the, yeah. We, I, I, I was, my mother was a retired uh, nurse. She retired as a matron. So, where, uh, uh, somebody sleeping. Everybody stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Somebody sleeps. So you better be tapping the people very close to you. Stand up, stand up. Hallelujah. Amen. So you'll be watching your bride. You sleep and say, just tap the person. Ah, don't make us stand again. No. My mother is a medical person. It's a medical person. Now, usually when you, when you complain you have headaches or you have stomach cramp or you have fever, um, they will ask some questions because those symptoms are signs of a particular ailment. Is that not so? Yeah. How many of you know that headache is not a disease? Headache is an indication that there is a problem. Fever is not a disease. Fever is not a sickness. Fever is an indication that there is a sickness in your body. I hope you know that. They are called signs and symptoms. Right? Every sign and symptoms are indication of a particular illness. Ingratitude is a spiritual illness. It's a defilement of the flesh. And there are some signs that show that ingratitude is thriving in your heart. We're going to look at three. How many? Three. How many? Three. Just three. And we're going to pray. And you must guard your heart against them because these signs can affect anybody. No matter your spiritual level or your spiritual capacity, you can be infected with the disease of ingratitude. So watch out for these signs and symptoms so you can address them. Write this down. Number one, the first symptoms and sign that you're ungrateful is murmuring and disputing. What did I say? Murmuring and disputing. What did I say? Murmuring and disputing. I'm going to read some scripture that will help you. You can have your seat, please. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. Everybody go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. What does the Bible say? Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured ye and were... Are you paying attention? Let, can we read it together? I want to go. Read it again. Why were they destroyed? Do you know the murmuring God was talking about? Let me give you an example. When Moses took the children of Israel from Egypt, after they have spent 
decades and decades of millennia, no, millennia is 1,000. Um, centuries, yes. Centuries of bondage in Egypt. After 430 years, they left. On their way to the promised land, they've not even gotten there. For three days, they traveled without water. And after three days, what did they do? They began to murmur. Moses, did you carry, listen, oh, because that's how some of us are. Moses, did you carry us from Egypt to come and kill us here? Is that your plan? Did we tell you that there was no grave in Egypt that we can die and be buried peacefully, at least give a decent thing as a human being? So you brought us here to come and kill us. You brought us here to come and kill us. They forgot what God just did to Egypt because of them. That's memory. What is memory? It is complaining out of ingratitude. That's what memory is. It's what? Complaining out of ingratitude. You forget the good God has done. Now you are complaining about the things that are yet to happen. That's the problem with many of us. Murmuring is complaining out of ingratitude. The word dispute means to reason with doubt. I know God did it before, but what did it happen now? now? See, see, check them. Work I not get. Husband I never marry. Wife I not marry. Things are not just working out for me. Do you know what you're doing? You are disputing. You are murmuring and disputing. I don't know what I did, though, but God, anyway, we thank God, sir. We thank God, sir. You are not thanking God. You are murmuring and disputing. And that's a sign that you're ungrateful. You're very ungrateful. Very ungrateful. Hear me. Go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 to verse 16. You're ungrateful. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 to 16. It says, do all things without what? And read it again. Murmuring, you know, murmuring is something you do inside. Dispute is the one you do outside. You, you begin to complain out of ingratitude. Reason out of doubt. I don't understand this one. Though. Which kind of marriage will be this kind of one? I don't marry console foul. I don't marry console foul. Eh, which kind of thing? To chop self, don't talk problem. Eh? To chop self, don't problem. The children are complaining. What's going on? I don't understand though. Which kind of life with this one? I've heard people talk like that before. They are murmuring. They are murmuring out of ingratitude. Which can Wala be this one now? A person doesn't assume this will be a person not for cuckoo marry. As if when you were not married, you were not hungry. It's as if the marriage now made you hungry. Okay, I don't understand this one. May you do something now. Which one is just there? And meanwhile, the contract the man was having just stopped. And he's looking for a job. He's going around for home place seeking for something to happen. But somehow, for some God no reason, at least you guys can eat at least a meal a day. And even that military, you cannot kneel down and say, Father, thank you. You are full of complaint. You will stay in that condition for a very long time. You are the, you are the one blocking the miracle because of your bad mouth. You always look for something to complain. You always complain about what is not there, what is not complete, what is not working. Do all things with that moment and go to the next five. Verse 15, he said that you may be what? Blameless and harmless. So when you complain, you set yourself up for blame and harm. What the enemy couldn't touch, you make them touch it. You know the thing about murmuring? Usually, sometimes you may not tell somebody, 
You may not dispute and make it. You will just keep it inside your heart and be debating it. God, what is happening now? Eh? And I'm going to show you where the children of the murmured against God. And I'll tell you what the Bible says about when we murmur against God, you, you, you begin to blame your condition on God. God, I don't know where you do. Bless you, you don't forget me. All the prayer, all the fasting, everything I have done, I still did like this. What is happening? What did I do? What did I know about do? You will not enter performance mode. As if the grace of God in your life is dependent on your performance. Eh? God, all the all night, check them now. All the all night, fasting. Eh? The giving. As if you are trying to bribe God to do something. God will be looking at you. You won't know your problem is lack of gratitude. Are you with me? Let you be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you should shine as light. You can only shine when you are grateful. Go to the next verse, final verse there. It says verse 16. What did it say in verse 16? Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Whenever you are ungrateful, your Christian labor becomes in vain. Write this down. God called those who murmur against him evil. It is evil to murmur, to complain against God and men. It's evil. It doesn't change anything. Go to Numbers 14. And I'll take you to the next symptom after this. Numbers 14, verse 27 to 20 to 30. I want everybody to see this. Where you murmur. And how many of you know this? Sometimes it just slips out of your mouth. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It just what? Slips out. Maybe Gary don't finish. How many are they shop for this house? When they buy Gary, they say, Gary don't finish just now. The yam too self. Wait up. I, I remember a story. We used to have a neighbor that would measure the yam with tape. Who touched this yam? When he left, he knew the measurement of the yam. When he came back, the thing has reduced. Can we read it together? Verse 27. What does it say? How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? Why are they evil? Which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Go to verse 28. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so I will do to you. See that you complain? I will do it for you. That thing that you're complaining about, I will do it. Go to the next verse. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. Because they were, in the midst of their complaint, they were cursing themselves. They were telling uh, Moses, is it that there is no grave in Egypt that will go and die there, that you brought us to come and die in there? God said, no problem. I will fulfill your wish. That death you are looking for, you will die it here. Your carcasses will fall in this wilderness. And all that were numbered of you. Listen, oh, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me, you will fall here. That's why I said, ingratitude attracts stagnation. You will not progress spiritually. The Holy Ghost can't flow through an ungrateful believer. Because to an ungrateful person, nothing is enough. Nothing is what? Enough. Your husband is not enough. I remember the testimony of a couple. The husband, I think, didn't have a job for a while. Things were not working. But the woman was a teacher. And the pastor friend then, I used to know, went to their family and visited several times. And she said one of, and he said one of the things he noticed about the family, they were in Lagos. 
that never did he go to the house one day and notice any crisis between them. Because if the woman was acting, she must have been acting very well. She must be very good with her acting. But two of them were very close friends. So she doesn't have any reason to pretend in front of him. She was just being herself. She was managing the family with her teacher salary. And this guy was a doctor. A very solid one. But for some reasons, things didn't work out. And sometimes God could use certain crises to test your character. And if you're some of you, you would, some of you would tear the man, dissect him, pieces him, lock him up inside coffee, finish him, bury him, use bulldozer, cover the sand. Some of you can even go through hardship. You can't, you can't trust God. Ah, I know that. Hey, my papa no bought me come suffer. Who, who's person papa born now? Make you suffer. Who likes suffering? The guy was always, and, and that gave him peace of mind. And God, by a move of favor, blessed this guy with a very befitting job. And they gave him a job with one of the big financial firms. And they, that came, came with a lot of benefit. When they paid him the first big money, he didn't tell the wife, oh. he just said, come, let's go somewhere. So they entered, the woman like, where are we going? He said, don't worry. Went there. The first car he bought, he bought it and gave the wife. First car. Bought it and gave her. And was using transport to go to work. That's just a little token of showing, thank you for being there for me. Some of you, you are not being there. You are back biting and pinching and scrubbing and scratching. When the man sees you, it's as if something is about to attack him. He would dream somebody's pursuing you, it's not somebody's the wife. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Are you here? Did you see that in your Bible? Then in verse 30, go to verse 30. Doubtless you shall not come into the land. Watch that. So when you're ungrateful, you say you shall not come into the land. What is the land? Your land of promise. You shall not come. When you complain, you murmur. You shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein. God said, even if I said it, your ingratitude would disqualify you from entering it. Somebody is sleeping in front. Stand up, everybody. Stand up. Everybody stand up. Baba, I saw you. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Everybody stand up. Can we finish this? Everybody want to go? Everybody stand up. Want to go? Did you notice what the Bible said? Doubtless you won't enter. Why? Because you murmured against me. You complained. So if you want to be stagnated, continue to complain. If you want to express lack of spiritual activity and progress, continue to complain. Everything that is flowing, very soon you will shut everything down with your complaint. Some of you, the thing that is very small, and very soon you will suffocate it and close it. He said, doubtless you will not come into the land because you murmured against me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Write this down. This will help you. Those who murmur and dispute do not enter their land of promise. Those who murmur and dispute do not what? Enter. Their land. Number two, second symptoms of ingratitude. Everybody say worrying. Everybody say worry, worry, worry. Everybody say worry, worry, worry. This is a very short one. Worry, worry. 
What does it mean to worry? Are you ready for this? This will help you. Worrying is simply choosing to carry and hold on to your cares. Simple. That's worry. Worry is choosing to carry or hold on to your, your cares or concerns. Worry is choosing to carry or hold on to your concerns or your cares. What is worry? Choosing. Always remember this, brothers and sisters. To worry is a choice. To worry is a Say that when we say to worry is a choice. Say when we say when you worry, it's because you choose to. To worry is what? A choice. Never, don't let the devil lie to you. To worry is a To worry is a To worry is a and worry is a sign of ingratitude. People who worry are ungrateful people. To worry is a choice. And when you worry, it's simply you choose to carry or hold on to your cares or your concerns. Let me give you one very powerful thing the Holy Ghost told me. Listen to this. He said, as long as you think it and talk it, you are worried about it. Did you hear that? As long as you think it and talk it, you are worried about it eat. As long as you think it and talk it, you are worried. Has something happened to you? You said it once. You said it twice. You said it three times. You said it in the morning. You repeated it in the afternoon. You did, you did devotional with it before you went to bed. You did devotion with it when you, went, when you woke up in the morning. And you met somebody, you say, see what happened. You met someone one week later, see what happened. You went three weeks later, see what happened. You are worried. As long as you think it and talk it, you are worried about it. Because what you mean that you are holding on to it. You know, and when the Bible says casting all your cares upon me, but this one you are not casting, you are holding it. And once you are worried, you are going to be ungrateful. Hallelujah. Please have your seat. Luke chapter 12. So look at the person close to you. If he's sleeping, just tap him. Luke chapter 12 verse 25 and 26. Be your brother's keeper. Amen? Amen. Be your what? So if he's doing like this, just say, ah, bro. Luke chapter 12, verse 25 and 26. Quickly, what does the Bible say there? And which of you, with what? Did you see that? Taking thought. So as long as you think it and say it, you are worried about it. Now the Bible is about to show us the vanity of worry. He said, and which of you were taking thought, the word taking on means to be worried, can add to his size or statue one cubic. Go to the next verse. If then you be not able to do that thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest? In other words, if worrying doesn't change you or doesn't change anything, why worrying? If you're worrying about this and it doesn't change, why worrying about other things? Because it won't change you too. Is that not true? So to worry does not change you. To worry only stagnates you. Worry will always stagnate you because all ingratitude stagnates. When you murmur and dispute, you stagnate. When you worry, you do what? You stagnate. And, and the simple acid test about something, if you're worried about it, if you are thinking it and talking it, you are worried about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, there are two things. You cannot pray and worry at the same time. You are either doing one. If you worry, 
you will be thinking and talking about it. But if you pray, you will put it in the hand of God. Is that not so? Philippians 4, 6, he says, Be careful or be worried for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. If you are always thinking and talking about your request, what it simply means, you are worried about it, you have not given it to God. God said to me one time, he said, you can't worry and trust me at the same time. You are either trusting me or you are being worried. If you worry, you are not trusting me. If you trust me, you are not worried. Are you here listening to what I'm saying? So, to worry is a sign of ingratitude. As long as we worry, we will not continue to thank God. In Colossians 4.2, you can write this down. The Bible says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. If you worry, you will never continue in thanksgiving. You will always be full of regret. You will always be looking for something wrong to say. And number three, the final symptoms I'm looking at about worry, which is very important. Are you ready for this? The third symptom, sign and symptom of worry is what I call not laying it to heart. To thank God. Not laying it to heart to thank God. Not laying it to heart to thank God. Many of you, the way you treat Thanksgiving is as if is a common thing. There's no, there's nothing in you that shows, hey, I'm grateful. Not laying it to heart to thank God. Not laying it to heart to thank God. Or you can also put just lack of honor. That's another way to look at it. Go to Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Thank God Jesus has been made a cause for us. Thank God for that. We give God praise for that. Thank God for the new covenant that has given to us. But there's a principle I want you to see here. Malachi chapter 2 verse 1. The Bible says, and now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. The Bible says in Revelation 1, 6 that you are now been made a priest. Is that not so? Look at the number. Say you are a priest for God. Are you paying attention? Say you are a priest unto God. What is a priest? One who has been called and graced to stand before God and fellowship with God, minister to God and minister to men. That's a priest. That you are. So what we're about to read is an instruction to us as priests of God. Go to the next verse, everybody. And I want you to read it carefully, everyone. Are we there? Want to go? Want to go? If you will not hear, and if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, see the Lord of hosts. Go back again. If you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts. What did he say I will do? I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessing. Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus. Jesus has delivered us from the curse. Are you hearing me? And we praise God for that. But the thing you need to understand is that since Jesus has delivered you from the curse, don't go where the curse is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If somebody delivers you from a danger, that means that danger has no right to encroach into your life anymore. Is that not true? But do you know you can walk into the same danger again? And if you walk into the danger, is it because they didn't deliver you? Why? Because you decided to go back there. You've been redeemed from the curse because Jesus was made a curse for you. So you're redeemed, you're free from the curse. 
But if you do things that allows the cause a place, for instance, the Bible said in Philippians, Ephesians 4.27, give no place to the devil. What does that mean? Jesus has taken the place of the devil out of your life. Because when he died on the cross, the scripture said he defeated or destroyed Satan, made a public show of him, and triumphed over him. Is that not so? So in Christ, you are now have been given victory over Satan. Is that not true? That's why the Bible says resist the devil and he will what? He'll flee. But hear me. Even though you have victory and authority over Satan, you can also give Satan place in your life. That's what the Bible is saying. You can invite into your life what Christ has paid for. And one of the ways you invite an environment that looks like a curse is to be ungrateful. God was telling the priest. He said, you know why I don't listen to you? He said, because when it comes to thanking me, you are not serious with it. It doesn't flow from your heart. You are doing it like a duty. Let me show you the picture God has with them. Go to Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. You see what they were doing. You see why God said this. Chapter 1. Go to chapter 1. Malachi 1, verse 6. Verse 6 to verse 8. Are we there? Let us see what God says. I, I want us to read it together. This is the issue God had with them. Want to go, everybody? A son honored his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Says who? The Lord of hosts unto you. O priest that despise my name, and you say, wherein have we despised your name? Go to the next verse. Ye offer what? Polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. No honor. Go to the next verse. If you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? Pause. You know what they were doing? When it was time for offering, they would go and select the animal that has one eye. The one that is crippled. The one that even if they take to the market, nobody will buy it. And if I told anybody will buy it, they will buy it for not half price. Half the half of the half of the price. So when it was time to thank God, all those bad ones that are quarter to die, they will arrange it and package it. And they will dance and come before God and just give God praise. And, and God says, is it me you are doing like this? He said, you offer blind, 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 blind animals, blind for sacrifice, blind, blind. When you wanted to go and buy television, you brought cash and you paid for it. When you wanted to do your thing, you, you were planning, you were very strategic. But when it came to God, it was casual. Nothing to show. I believe me, I do my dress the way I want dress. What's there? What's that? And you call the table of God contemptible. Watch this. He said, if you offer the lame and sick, some of the animals they were given were lame. Cripple. And some of them were sickly. You know the eyes is doing like upper four. That's when they were bringing all, all the bad flocks they will bring up. Then for those who were farmers, all the crops that were really bad, it's as if they don't know where to throw it away. They'll pack everything and bring it to church. There was a season we used to have when people would bring offering. So we'll bring, there was somebody that brought fake, not fake, old Naira notes. The one that they stopped, like how many years ago, he dropped it inside offering. That's what some people do. That's what God is talking about here. 
No honor. No laying it to heart. Everything is commonized to you. It doesn't matter. Why did you think me and my wife decided to dress like this? When we took stock of what God did for us, from January till date, there was a time my wife had an attack, woke up one morning, and she saw a boil on one of her nipples, reddish. She called me that morning, said, Baro, please come and see. I looked at her, I smiled. I said, whatever you are thinking is not it. All right? This too will pass away. Call the doctor. The doctor said we should come. When the doctor saw it, I saw fear on his face. But I smiled. It didn't bother me. So two of us agreed. We said, in the name of Jesus, this one, you are dead, you will dry, and you will pass. So well, they need to take some sample, so they go and do some biopsy, blah, blah, speaking English. I just, me, do your own. Me, I know what I see. And we stood on the word of God. He said, also, when he came, he said, uh, we'll put you on some drug. If, it's, if the pain is reducing, we'll know whether they'll take you for mammogram. You know those, they are fine, fine grammar that they speak. In my mind, I said, it's not going to happen. Because I will always have the first word and the last say. Before the devil name your condition, name it. And I named it according to, we named it according to what God said. And I stood that. She was so bad that she couldn't lie on her tummy to sleep because of pain. And every day I say, it's well. I know what I was saying, but I knew what I was believing or what we were believing was stronger than what we were seeing. It happened this year. And the doctor came, he said, wow. He said, they tested it all, nothing. I said, they was not going to say anything in the first place. And in a matter of one week, it dried and disappeared till date. And you're telling me I should do thank God. I should wear polo shirt and come to church this morning, Abby. First quarter of the year, I've never had it in my, and I never said I had it because one thing I learned by God, I never say I have sickness. I don't say it. No matter how painful. I went for a test one day. I was, I just, I'll take a deep breath and I'll feel one sharp pain along my, my lungs. Diaphragm. So I went for test. I went to see the doctor. I said I should go for test. The guy looked at me. When he looked at the test, he said I should go first. I said go. I said but I shouldn't leave. I should wait. He did the things. He said, I should come again. He said, I should enter the scanner again. He did it the second time. He now looked at me. Number one, he didn't know why I was still standing and still breathing and still alive. Then according to their diagnosis or whatever they call it, extreme case of pneumonia, blah, 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 blah. Very long grammar. So he said, um, take it to the doctor. So when I reached the doctor said to me, he said, um, they call. I said, I said, hold on. I told him, I stopped him. I said, hold on. I said, that thing you are saying, I don't have it. I said, hold on. Let me, I don't have it. He now laughed. He said, okay, you don't have it. According to what the, the, the thing said, this, this, this. I said, okay, good, go ahead. They did what they did. In three weeks, God wiped it out of my system. Amen. I said, I should come address with pollution and come to church, have you? I can tell you stories after stories. My children, every one of them, how good God has been. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Listen, he said, and offer it now unto the, you know what, you know what God said to them? He said, this crippled animal you are bringing to me, one eye animal, go and give it to your governor. Go and give it to, say, maybe you had the opportunity to see a, a, the governor of the state and you want to bring an offering or an appreciation or a token. 
Will you carry goat that has three legs? Eh? Or goat with one blind eye? And go and give him. God said, give it to your governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept your presence, say the Lord of hosts. That's what God said to them. Somebody say, I hear you, Lord. Say, Lord, I hear you. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this before I begin to round up. Thanking God must be intentional, otherwise you are not doing it right. Stand up, everybody. Somebody's sleeping. Stand up. I caught somebody. Somebody from the choir. Stand up. Stand up. Don't worry. I wonder who I know. Stand up. The breeze blew you small just now. Write this down if you can, everybody. Listen. Thanking God must be intentional, otherwise you are not doing it. Until we mean our thanksgiving from the heart, it does not register with God. Did you hear what I said? Thanking God must be what? Must be from, it must be intentional, it must be from your heart. Otherwise you're not doing it. Until we mean our thanksgiving from the heart, it does not register with God. Any gratitude that does not flow from the heart lacks honor. Any gratitude that does not flow from that. Because if it's not your heart, that means you didn't prepare for it. If it's not your heart, that means you were not ready for it. If it's not your heart, that means you never, you only remembered on Sunday morning that today was Thanksgiving. And can I, can I say, you can't fool God though. You can fool men, but you can't fool God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hear me, hear me. Listen to this. Any gratitude that does not flow from the heart lacks honor. God only receives cheerful gratitude, not grudging gratitude. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God only receives what? God only receives cheerful gratitude and not grudging. You know that type that's if they are begging you to do it. They are begging you to come and say thank you to God. You're ungrateful. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, everybody. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to verse... 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 to verse 8. Hallelujah. I'd like us to read it together everybody. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 to verse 8. I hope you are learning something today. If nothing, go home and stop complaining. And instead start thanking God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 to verse 8. If you are there, say amen. amen. Let's read it together. I want to go. But this I say, he will sow it Spirally shall reap also spirally. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So if you thank God spirally, you will also reap spirally. If you thank God bountifully, you shall also reap bountifully. Go to verse 7, everybody. What did he say? Every man, according as he proposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, everybody. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. In other words, when your gratitude flows out of a cheerfulness that is from your heart and you mean it, God will reward it with grace. Say amen. Finally, hear this. Tell your neighbor, say, be thankful. Yes. Look at the person on your left and right. Say, be thankful. Be thankful. Say, be thankful. be thankful. 
This is my final submission to you before, before we pray. Hear me. Thanksgiving is a big deal with God. Is it what? It's a big deal with God. God is a generous God. Thankfulness acknowledges and engages his generosity. When we thank him, we acknowledge him. When we do not thank him, we ignore him. Did you hear what I said? When you thank him, you acknowledge him. When you don't thank him, you ignore him. Being thankful is an expression of adoration. It is the offering of the sacrifice of praise with the fruits of our lips. It is saying, singing, or doing his word in praise to God. That's thankfulness. It is singing, saying, or doing his word in praise to God. Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. What is it? The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Psalm 116 verse 17 says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why should we be thankful? Because God designed us and instructed us to be grateful. Thanksgiving is our lifestyle. Thanksgiving is a sign of cooperating with God. The moment you stop thanking him, the moment you stop cooperating with him. The moment you stop thanking God, the moment you start shutting down this activity in your life, I said to you and every one of you, learn to practice thanksgiving as a lifestyle, a daily lifestyle in your life and affair in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Glory be to God. Begin to pray. Let all those who are, are, are stated, those of you that are stated on the, we're about to get into our Thanksgiving service right now. We'll begin with some declarations. Psalm 145, 146, Revelations 4, and Revelations 4 and 5. Not yet. Drop that first. We're not going there. You, except some of you didn't look at the order of program. The shadow of program, those of you that, don't, don't open it yet. Close it. We're about to go into our Thanksgiving. So anybody outside that is not doing anything, tell them to come inside. We're about to do Thanksgiving right now. Anybody that's outside that's not doing anything, let them come inside now. Hallelujah. Whether you're kind of baby or not, come inside. Hallelujah. Are we ready? I'm not hearing everybody. Are we ready? Lift your hands and thank him, everybody. Lift your hands and thank him. Come on, come on. Lift your hands and thank him. Lifting of your hands is an expression of worship and gratitude to God. Lift your hands and thank him. Put Psalm 145 on the board. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Listen to me, everybody. Thanksgiving is, say with me, say it's saying, singing, and doing God's word in praise to him. Say that one by saying, Thanksgiving is saying, doing, and, okay, let's start again. Say, Thanksgiving is saying, singing, and doing God's word in praise to him. So when you are thanking, you are speaking. 
When you are thanking, you are singing. When you are thanking, you are doing dancing or doing something. Is that clear? So we're going to do this. There are three scriptures we're going to read before God. And the persons who are going to read them, they already know themselves. As we read, after each verse, we'll say amen twice. Psalm 145, Psalm 146, Revelations 4 and Revelations 5. Then we're going to sing a hymn to God be the glory. We're going to do that. Then the choir will lead us in the praise and worship for 10 minutes. All to appreciate God for his goodness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So who is the first person? Please come and lead us in that. Except you didn't look at the order of the seven. Who is the first person? Who is the first person? So come. Hallelujah. Microphone quick. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I will restore thee. No, that's it. I will restore thee, my God, O King. And I will bless thy name forever and ever. Um, amen. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Amen. Amen. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. Amen. Amen. I will speak of thy glorious honor of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. Amen. Amen. And men shall speak of the mighty, of the might of thy terrible arts. And I will declare thy greatness. Amen. Amen. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. Amen. Amen. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Amen. Amen. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Amen. Amen. They shall speak of thy glory, of thy kingdom, and, to, and, and talk of thy power. Amen. Amen. To make known, to make known to the sons of men his mighty act and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. Amen. Amen. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. Amen. Amen. Thy eyes of all wait upon thee, and thy and thou givest them their meat in the due season. Amen. Amen. 
Thou openest thy hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. Amen. Amen. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Amen. Amen. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him and to all that call upon him in truth. Amen. Amen. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear the cry and will save them. Amen. Amen. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will be destroyed. Amen. Amen. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Psalm 146. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my son. Amen and amen. Why I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God. Why I have any being. Amen and amen. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. Amen. Amen. His breath goeth forth. He returneth to his earth, in that every day his thoughts perish. Amen. Amen. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Amen. Amen. Which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever. Amen. Amen. Which executed judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord loseth the prisoners. Amen. And amen. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. Amen. Amen. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked, he turneth upside down. Amen and amen. The Lord shall reign forever. Even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Amen and amen. Revelations chapter 4. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying,
Revelations chapter 4, KJV. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking to me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Amen. 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 And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Amen. 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 And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. Amen. Amen. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Amen. Amen. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Amen. Amen. And before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes, before and behind. Amen. Amen. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. Amen. Amen. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Amen. Amen. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying amen amen thou art worthy o lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created Amen. Amen. Revelations chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Amen. Amen. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book? and to lose the seals thereof. Amen. Amen. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, 
was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Amen. Amen. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Amen. Amen. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Amen. Amen. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. Amen. Amen. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Amen. Amen. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Amen. Amen. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Amen. Amen. And has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Amen. Amen. And, and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Amen. Amen. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen. Amen. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
be the glory. Please look at it down the screen. Hallelujah. Let's go. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So
offering and you drop them on the basket. Those who are giving online, you know what to do. But we're going to rejoice for the next 10 minutes. And as we do that, we'll begin to drop our offering. And I want us to rejoice and give God praise. Hallelujah. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Listen. We are, we are, listen, we're going, to, we're, we're going to conclude. The prayer will be a victory shout. You know, God told the children of Israel, go around Jericho for how many days? Six days and say nothing. Then on the seventh day, go around it seven times and shout seven times. We're going to give a prophetic sound. This will be to bring down any wall that wants to stand between you and 2024. Whether it's a wall of sickness, wall of disease, whatever it is. And let me say to you on the strength of scripture and the leading of the spirit, whatever is called evil will not find your name. If there is any evil happening anywhere, it will be by your, minus your name. Your name will not be mentioned among it. How do I know? It says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Any tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. So we condemn it in the name of Jesus. What men fear will fear us. What make men quake will quake before us. Whenever you see evil happening, know that it's not happening for you. Because God has not appointed us unto wrath. Are you ready to enter prophetically victory? When I shout praise God, you're going to scream the loudest hallelujah you've ever shouted. Are you hearing me? We're going to do it seven times. Are you ready? What we're doing is a prophetic sound. Whenever the Holy Ghost initiates that things happens. Sicknesses are healed. Doors are open. Bondages break. Amen. New zone, new vistas of God's glory is released upon us. Are you ready to shout? If you want to be very, you know, very decorated, very nice, you can be playing games. Well, some people like us, we don't have time for that. Because where we're going doesn't look like us, so we cannot look like it here. We're going to shout like we're about to enter something new. Are you hearing me? We're breaking every boundaries, every limitation, whatever it is that stands between you and your progress is coming down in Jesus' name. Are you ready to shout? Praise the Lord! Hey, hey, that's number one. And I want you to shout. Look, when you're doing, doing as an expression of worship, a shout of victory on your part. Are you ready? Praise the Lord! Hey! Number three, are you ready? Praise the Lord! Yeah. Number, go number four. Listen, I don't care. If you feel if there's sickness or anything, it will go. As you shout, that shackle will break. And if you have someone you love who is in a medical condition as you shout, I want you to picture victory over that person right now. That sickness breaks. That bondages break. That infirmity goes away. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you ready to shout for the fourth time? Praise the Lord! Hey! Hey! Are you ready to hit it the fifth time? Every gate of bars will come crushing down. 
whatever stands as a mockery against you will come crashing down. Whatever says you will not go will bow before you. The Bible says at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Are you ready to go for the fifth time? Praise the Lord! Hey! Hey! Glory! Now you are going to add some activity to the sixth and the seventh one. If you want to jump, jump. If you want to run, run. I want you to act out of normal. Because the kind of breakthrough that we're entering doesn't make sense. So don't give a sensible praise and shout. Do some praise that, that, that is strange, that is out of the normal, out of the ordinary. Are you hearing me? Act strange right now. What did I say? Act strange. Act stranger. Because that thing around you has to break. The, the, the issue, listen, listen. That issue has predicted you enough. It has predicted your moods, predicted your tone, predicted... No, now, now we break that cycle in Jesus' name. I say we break that cycle in Jesus' name. Tell someone close, you say, give me space. I'm about to do something I've never done before. I'm about to shout like I've never shouted before. I'm about to break away from where I am. Are you ready? Pray! Hey, hear me, hear me. Anything your head tells you is crazy, do it because that means they've lost it. This last one, if you want to row, row. If you want to scream, I like the way some of you are doing something. Just do what the Holy Ghost moves you to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's all completely legit because, hear me, enough is enough. You will not enter 2024 the same way. You will not finish 2023 the same way. You are going to break the cycle. You are going to break the cycle. I say you will break the cycle. I say you will break the cycle. No more owing. No more owing. No more owing. No more stagnation. No more stagnation. No more. No more. It breaks now. It opens now. 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 Are you ready to go? This will be the final, the glory wave that will come. Are you ready?
Amen. Now hear me. Now hear me. I thought that was a lady. <laughs> now hear me. As you have been courageous enough to praise God like it does not make sense, so will the miracles and the testimony that does not make sense happen in your life. Listen, they usually say, if you want to see what you have never seen before, you must be ready to do what you have never done. You've been praising God with too many, too many fine, fine. Now that you have praised him like crazy. You know, we'll be having service like this a lot next year. We'll just call it, praise the Lord. Anyhow, you just begin to scream. Anything that takes you out of your comfort zone, release it to God. There was an atmosphere that was generated here. And I want to say to every one of you here, go home, start writing from now. Beginning from today, before the end of this year, you will begin to see testimonies happen. Now, listen, to prove to some of you that what I heard is God. Hear me, hear me. Beginning from this night, some of you will begin to have dreams of visitations. You will begin to have dreams of visitation. Hear me. This is what I heard. The Lord said to me that there are angels that will be paying some of you visits. Listen to me. Some of them will visit you in your dream. They will bring messages from heaven for you. Some of them will come disguised as people that you don't know and you have never met. This week is a week of angelic visitation. Angels has been specially dispersed. They have been dispersed and dispatched from heaven. And you are receiving floods of divine visitation. I decree over your life the norm has been broken. The supernatural has begun. Now somebody shout glory! Glory! Lift your hands and give him worship. Go home and begin to... When you eat this afternoon, eat with the mind that good things have happened to me and they are coming to me. Good things have happened to me and they are coming to me. Say that with me. Say good things have happened to me and they are coming to me. Hallelujah. 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 Hey. Hey. Hey.
Amen. 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 All right, have your seat. Have your seat. Amen. Woo! Glory. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hear me. This is your week of the angelic visitation. Write it down. Write it down. Then, then before you sleep, you say, Father, thank you for my angelic visitation. You said it. I believe it. I receive it. Are you hearing me? Your dream, you say, all my dream this week, angelic visitation. Any eba, pursuing, get out. Angelic visitation. Hallelujah. I am in a position to receive. You've done what doesn't make sense. So it's time for what doesn't make sense to visit you from heaven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Shackles are broken. Bondages are destroyed. Embargoes are lifted. Glory of God reigns supreme. In the name of Jesus. I'm very sure some of you felt it. You knew this was just, no, it, was, it was beyond shouting. Something just, boom. Something just, boom, just like that. It's difficult to describe, but you know what I mean. Glory be to God. All right, I think let's just go through our listing, then we'll close the service. We'll read through our quotes, do our announcement. Go home, let your lunch this afternoon be a celebration lunch. As you are eating, it, be smiling. Be rejoicing. Say, my visitation has finally come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Begin to thank God for mighty visitation this week. I don't care what's happening out there. God is supreme and is superior. Glory be to God. This one is very, very small. Though. This scripture, no, no, leave this one, don't put this one. All right, can you see this? All right, can we read it together? The only cure for ignorance, lack of knowledge, is to secure the appropriate knowledge. Ignorance does not respond to sentiments and biases. Ignorance will continue to thrive where there is no knowledge. So get knowledge. Very good. Next one. Instead of looking for reasons to complain and be ungrateful, look for reasons to be thankful. God has given you more reasons in Christ to be grateful. Hallelujah. All right. If you don't want to faint, give up or become weary in your endeavor, pray. All right, praise the name of the Lord. Amen. You're blessed. On Wednesday by 6 p.m. we have Bible study. Please keep to time. On, on Friday we have a fasting. We fast and break a fasting by 12. Then we have prayers in church by 6 p.m. On Sunday, we have two services. Our first service is by 8 a.m. and second service is by 10 a.m. Issues of the Heart Radio Broadcast is produced by the Transmit with a round of applause and appreciate that. This program is heard on Garden City Radio 89.9 FM every Saturday. The time is 9.45 a.m. Please remember to invite someone to join you. Our messages are in MP3 and MP4 format. Please at the close of service. Come to the media department and get them and listen to them again. Orientation class. This is a class that prepares you to be a full member of the Rev. Charles Church. If you have not gone through this orientation class, please wait behind 
after now to meet with Pastor Victor Benson or Brother Red. And for those who have testimony to share, meet with Brother Tayo or Michael Dima on or before 8 a.m. every Sunday. We have wonderful and wonderful books from our senior pastor. We have healing and health for 1,000. Healing and health in Christ, just for 1,000. Graceful advancement for 2,000. Financial freedom for 3,000. And spirit empowered living just for 2,000 naira. Please get these books and share with your loved ones. If today is your first time of being with us in the house, please can you indicate by lifting up your hand? Let's give you a real just welcome. If today is your first time of being with us, if today is your first time, hallelujah. Please let's invite our friends and loved ones as we come to church. As you do so, the Lord bless us in Jesus' name. Can we all rise on our feet so we can close the service? Let us pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we are grateful, O oh God, for this opportunity, O oh God, for us to come corporately to give you all our thanks and our praise and our worship, O oh God, in gratitude for all that you are to us and what you have done for us. Father, we say thank you, and we say thank you for receiving our thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. Amen. The Lord keep you. Amen. The Lord make his face to shine upon you Amen. and be gracious unto you. Amen. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you Amen. and grant you his peace as you go forth this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Remember, this week is our week to be um, to experience mighty visitation, angelic visitations. So be expectant this week. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good afternoon, church.
Hello. Kongi song. Okay, where do I drop this? Excuse me, does anyone know where I'll drop the microphone? I want to drop the microphone. <laughs> 